0: We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit
1: you, because it's it's the the bottom bottom line that matters. matters.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. On our show today, we're going to be talking about executive health and helping you really start paying attention to your health, to what's going on in terms of things that are happening in your life and what's happening around you, in paying attention to certain aspects of what your body is telling you, including what COVID may have done to us as a result of going through the pandemic. And we have a really interesting guest on the show today. But before I bring on our guest, let me tell you a little bit about him. Julian Hayes II is an author, hybrid athlete, and the founder of Executive Health. His boutique concierge helps forward-thinking entrepreneurs, investors, Leaders and executives maintain their edge and status through high-touch, personalized health and longevity strategies. He's the host of his own podcast called Executive Health and Life. He's also had 300 plus articles published in Inc., Entrepreneur, and many more publications. Julian, welcome to the show.
2: Hello, hello. Good morning. Thank you too for having me on. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. So. Julian, let me jump into it. When we talk about executive health, that is a really broad area. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And we talk about entrepreneurs, our listeners, that are trying to figure out their health, paying attention to what's going on in their minds, in their bodies, and their day-to-day life. What exactly does that mean, though, to be paying attention to that? And how can we get more in tune with what we need to know, and stop worrying about those other stuff? And I know that's a really loaded question, but let's try and just break it down.
2: All right, let's do that. And so it's it's a couple of key it's a couple of key philosophies. The first one is when I say executive health, it's a double meaning. But the first meaning is that I want you to be think of this as you are the exec, you are the CEO of your health. You are in control of that. And the next part is to start thinking of your health just as you think of a business and the way you run a business a lot of those principles a lot of those principles that have made your listeners successful and 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 had them grow throughout the years they can take those same principles and apply it to their personal health and but a lot of times you know as, as we unpack this even more one of the things that a lot of people see is that on day one Maybe you have a lot of time on your hand. Maybe you don't have as much business. You don't have as many clients to to attend to. You don't have team members yet. But over the course of years, as you start to grow, the company grows. Maybe you have a couple of employees, maybe a couple 1099s. You start to have more responsibilities, more expectations, more pressure for various tasks. And the biggest pressure of all is you don't want to go back to day one where that's not a fun stage. Sometimes it's ramen noodles. Sometimes it's just barely scraping by. You don't want to go there. So you have that stress as well. And so we keep adding on these stress and expectations and demands and this busy schedule. The thing that unintentionally gets left out is our personal health. So a lot of times it's not even an issue of negligence. (coughs) That's the one that's going to maybe have their health not be where they want it to be or where it should be. It's, it unintentionally gets thrown to the bench because all these other demands are taking their t- taking their time along they still have a personal life as well
0: so it's really funny you mentioned ramen noodles I mean <laughs> my son happens to love that um but it's a different story I mean one of the things in Mark Cuban is known to say that in the start he did a lot of ketchup and mustard sandwiches Mm -hmm. and one of my coaches has um said that in the beginning what he used to do was he would get the um uh, the spaghetti sauce uh at one of the big box wholesale stores and water it down and that way it lasted a lot longer just to be able to you know give him more time and that was what he lived on Mm -hmm. and so it actually served him well when he was on um abc show secret millionaire because he knew how to live at the poverty level from when he was starting out but uh it really though allowed that kind of thing and so when you mentioned ramen noodles i was just jumping back to mark cuban and james Malincheck in terms of those um ideas and how all of that uh Work there, so really interesting. So thank you for that, um, and definitely we need to be thinking in terms of how do we lessen the stress in what we're doing because we know that stress <clears throat> ultimately causes disease because our body is not at ease. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what disease is. So when we look at where we go from here, there's a lot then that we need to be trying to really figure out what are some of the top things that we can do to start lessening the stress and going more on the, getting us back into more homeostasis, more uh, into a better position, if Mm -hmm. you will.
2: Yeah. So when I think about stress, well, actually I should say Let's back up a little, little bit. I think the very first thing, it's not the most exciting step, but it's the one I always start with. And that is to, just like a company, the first thing that they're usually going to do is have some type of vision for the company and 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 how they see it going. Even if even if they're far away from that goal, they still have a vision that they're working towards, kind of their North Star. And it's the same way with your health. A lot of times when we think about it, when we go about our approach to health, Sometimes you ask someone, what's their goal with health? They say, just to feel healthy, just to, uh, I just want to lose some weight. Well, that's a pretty broad, that's a, that's a pretty vague goal. What does that mean to some people? Losing some weight is five pounds and they're good to some it's 15. So it's, it's, it's good to be specific. Just like if you said, I just wanted to make more money. I, I just want to get more clients. That's still a little broad. How, how many, how many is that number in terms of being specific and, because when you have that then you have a direction for where you're going so you're not just randomly just shooting in in the dark now the part about stress stress is not inherently bad the part about stress that becomes a negative is when it's un, when it's uncontrolled it's unmitigated because if you exercising running outside um lifting weights um swimming even intensely walking up hills for a duration of time all these things are a quote-unquote stressor. They're a positive stress. They're a stress. The issue for a lot of us, especially probably a lot of listeners as well, is that you're hard-charging individuals and you're always on the go. And so you kind of shift that balance to where you're in a very sympathetic state, simply meaning it's the fight or flight, it's, and the other side is the parasympathetic. That's more rest and relaxation. And so that's probably hard for a lot of us. It's hard for me. I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie. And and so and so I've really throughout the years have had to work on the recovery side of things. You know, to go along with work, because I'm, I'm always I, I just love to have things jam packed together in the calendar and to go from one thing to the next. It's exciting, but it, you have to come down sometimes or you can exhaust your body. And it's the same thing as so that individual looking at stress. There's a physical stress. There's also a mental stress. There's also an emotional stress. Sometimes there can be an environmental stress. Sometimes there can even be an existential spiritual stress where these are probably the people who are, well, I hit my goal. I, I, this is the kind of, this is the thing I always wanted now what's next, or they have no meaning left. So, so when you're thinking about stress, what type of stress is it? What, what, what where is this coming from? Try to be, try to be an investigator and, and see what type of stress is this is coming from. Because a lot of times we think stress is one thing. <coughs> stress, stress is a chameleon. It has many different identities. And so that's the first level is to unpack what type of stress this is.
0: And you're completely right in terms of stress. I mean, we need a certain amount of stress in order to keep our, our system moving it really becomes important for that. But like you said, when it's out of check and not under control, that becomes an issue. So if we're looking at keeping us more focused then, right? Because focus allows us to de-stress a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it allows us to have clear clear goals in terms of where we want to go. When we talk about, um, Focus. What are some of the things that are blocking us from really being more in control of the focus?
2: The first thing is sleep, and because sleep is essentially it's it's resetting your brain. Uh, There's many different areas of our brain that's that's being worked on at night. But the easiest example is that I like to share is if you think about you have an amygdala and you have a prefrontal cortex your prefrontal cortex is going to be more your logic and reasoning and the amygdala is more primitive it's one of the oldest parts of our brain it's very emotional and individuals who are sleep deprived over time if you get bored you can look up different brain scans and you can see um, the activity there and you'll see that individuals who are cr- chronically sleep deprived you're going to see less activity in their prefrontal cortex and then you're going to see more activity in the amygdala so when you transfer this to the real world you're going to have someone who's operating more out of feelings and emotions and is a little short tempered instead of someone who's operating with logic and reasoning. So, you know, as you can start to put this in your head, this is a benefit. This could be a game changer for relationships, both professionally and personally. I I think that's my theory on that. I have no research for the personal side of things, but um, (laughs) I have, uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'll give you research.
2: All right. (laughs) But when you think about a focus, but 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 going back to the the focus part, you're gonna have someone, like I said, who's having trouble focusing because of the uh the brain chemistry is off. Literally, the brain chemistry is literally off. So maybe they can focus, but it's 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 almost like a fight. You have to fight your own biology to focus. And so that's the very basic step. Uh, Of course, there's things nutrition plays a part as well, because once again. Nutrients is pretty much information to our body, and that can alter brain, brain chemistry as well. Um, you, you hear a lot of times people say I'm ADHD. Eh, eh, I mean, I don't know about that, but I know it's, go, it's going up. I, I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of entrepreneurs are, but I think those two critical things for the foundation. But then you start looking at how is your environment designed? Is your environment designed for productivity, or is it easily to be distracted? And so, you think about this with food. If I have candy around or cookies, I'm probably going to eat it. So, my <laughs> so so my goal is to not even have it around if with that because that's just unnecessary willpower and energy that I have to exhaust by fighting against that. And that's taking and think of this like a battery. You're taking away. I'm using uh, energy to fight this here. So my battery is going down when I could use that for something else. So the first, you know, so after the sleep and nutrition, design your environment for productivity. We all have vices. We can think about what our vices are—things you tend to gravitate to. One of mine is random YouTube videos that are quote on <laughs> that are quote unquote um, educational. I mean, they're educational. It's not really relevant at the time. <laughs> so it, just like books, that's a distraction for me at times. Because I can convince myself that, well, I'm reading, I'm learning, but is this is this really what I should be doing right now, or am I avoiding the thing I really should be doing? So, <laughs> so knowing yourself to design your environment is that third step there. Yeah,
0: it's really interesting when you were talking about the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. <laughs> uh, the one part of the brain that I have to say though, for me, that definitely is active, and I know in a lot of women. Mm -hmm. um especially the rest is extremely active and that's the thing that um you know they say that a woman will wake up from a deep sleep if she hears a baby crying and so any high-pitched voice (laughs) is going to make a woman wake up whereas a man can somehow sleep (laughs) through that um without bashing men you know we're not intending on doing
1: so
2: i i i lived in new york for a year and there were sirens going by all the time people yelling out my window because i I wanted to live right in the middle of the action so i lived in the middle of the action it took me a week to get used to it but no seriously um i think i i can attest to that i haven't had to think of screaming yet i'm not i don't haven't experienced that yet but i have experienced plenty of police sirens uh uh ambulances and firefighters and uh even people yelling a lot
1: (laughs) yes i mean
0: (laughs) living in new york i used to live um when i lived in new york city i lived a block and a half away from a hospital Mm -hmm. and so the ambulance were coming 24 hours a day um but uh i mean the rest though definitely makes you lose the sleep but it also gives you a lot of other benefit because it's always listening for Mm -hmm. cues outside of you. And so it can give you, um, sometimes a little bit more of an edge in terms of some of the things that you're trying to do, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of that, but, uh, Patricia, I know that you are, um, trying to get something in there. So.
1: (laughs) No, I just, I have a friend who was in the um, C-suite executive, um, and it, it's a small business, and she ended up stepping down, and she's been out for about a month and a half, and she's still burnt out. However, she stopped smoking, she got off of caffeine, she's been exercising, and she's you know starting to find herself again. So yeah, the whole stress thing.
2: Yeah, there's that's a, that's a whole, that's a bunch of different areas that were stressed right there and depleted. So, yeah. That, yeah. so she, yeah. Yeah.
0: So shifting gears a little bit, uh, one of the things that COVID uh, mm-hmm. did for us was it really removed a lot of sense of our time and we were talking about this in the green room before we started recording and how we used to really have clear schedules like monday morning eight in the morning whatever it was you left your house to go to the office you were there and you know friday afternoon 5 p.m you clocked out and you got home and you were good now though the days kind of meld into one another the time uh, many of us have lost um, all notion of how long ago something actually happened
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, maybe it was two weeks ago maybe it was two months ago maybe it was two years ago we have absolutely no idea uh, so let's talk about that for a second though because as we talk about where our health is where our focus is, and where what we're trying to do. I mean, it was funny because during the actual lockdown, I remember on one of the morning talk uh, news programs, and I can't talk to the others. But I know on one of the morning news programs, they actually said this is a public service announcement today is Tuesday. (laughs) Oh
2: Wow.
1: It kind of was that way, I think, for a lot of us. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had already been working at home before that, so it wasn't as, you know, great a thing for me. But, you know, you you have to find ways to a remember what day it is. <laughs> this is a public service announcement. It's Tuesday. I love it.
2: <laughs> I think the um the hardest part now, and I think it is that you are, it's already hard enough to turn off initially before then but but like you mentioned you had this designated block whether it was okay it's five o'clock or six o'clock I'm getting in a car to head home that's a tri- that's a signal to, tri- to that my day's over at least this portion and that I can get into this other role of my life but now Zoom is open 24-7 essentially and so you're thinking well I guess I'm already here I could do a few more calls I could I could do a few more I could connect with a few more people and so next thing you know, it's eight o'clock, eight thirty. And so you don't have that that trigger that cut off time like you used to. So that's the that's that's the hardest part for me. I had to learn, and I, I did this. But like you said, a lot of things went out the window during that time, and I I stopped scheduling like certain things because I didn't have to account for traveling anymore. I can just do back to back to back to back to back to back to back, and the next thing I know. I was like I've been sitting down for like a couple hours. Why am I? Sit-? And that's something I never do. One, I get I get super stiff, and and um, and I just I just don't like sitting down. I get because by the third call, I'm like moving side to side because I'm getting a little antsy and stuff, like a little kid that has to sit down for too long. So that's one reason. And so I think the very first thing that that someone could do if they find themselves of like with this issue is to. Create those, those, those ends of day signals like they used to do. So if they're not driving anymore, still decide on what time do you want to cut off and then schedule that in there. Make sure your calendar, all your other things cannot be booked after that and stick to it unless it's a very extreme circumstance. And you know, while you're at it, go ahead and put in some times that you're going to get your workout in. Or maybe put in some time so that you're going to take a break and prepare lunch while you're at home. Cause a lot of times when we're at home, the thing is to just, I'm just going to grab something and then get back on a call or I'm just going to grab something and get back to work. And then as you get toward the end of the day, <clears throat> excuse me, you're a little hangry, maybe a little dehydrated. And then you're just so you, and then you're just going to eat everything. And that's that's a oftentimes the thing that you're going to grab when you're doing that it's not going to be the things, you're not going to grab a big bag of broccoli if you're angry, let's be honest. You're going to grab something that's that's probably something a little more savory. high calorie,
1: high fat. You know,
2: something <laughs> like that.
1: And,
2: and, and so that goes back also earlier to talking about where we design our envi- environment, but our calendar and our scheduling is part of designing the whole, uh, looking at this whole ecosystem, kind of like the uh, recovering um, executive that you mentioned where she had to do, she needed a holistic approach to really rebuild herself back up. And I guarantee you that part of that was resting with relaxation and, and taking a little more control of her schedule and time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. So Julian, let me ask you, as
0: we talk about controlling the environment again, and trying to be better in terms of where we are. I mean, for me, one of the things, my um, smart device that reminds me to get up every hour and move was definitely Mm -hmm. one of the good things for me in terms of helping me um, beat my asthma. I mean, I used to have a problem where my asthma ruled me and I said, I'm not going to let it continue ruling me. I have to rule it. And so I got to a point where I was able to finally walk a couple of miles on a flat ground um, rather than being winded after a block and a half. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was really big for me. But when we talk about though, our environment, how is that all, I mean, just the movement, how is that really going to help us focus more and allow us to be more in the present? And mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking mindfulness too, but how do we get that going?
2: Yeah, you, um, if you think about so individuals, so Steve Jobs, I think Mark Zuckerberg, uh, even Charles Dickens, a lot of other classic composers, all of these guys had something in common and it was, they, they did a lot of walking. And Zuckerberg and Jobs and a couple other uh, entrepreneurs, they do walking meetings. So they're taking meetings as they're walking, not I mean, and one of the reasons is, is because of what it does to our brains when we're walking, when we're moving, you're once again, getting these neurons in our brain to fire one of the and so I don't. when I'm running, a lot of my best ideas come from when I'm running. And it's part of it's maybe being away from a screen. But also the other part is that my brain is really starting to fire, you get in this and you're getting all these neurons to fire. And so that's one of the best reasons of why exercise could be, is one of your most competitive advantages. Uh, it's, it's actually, it's a book a long time ago, but called Spark that talked about this in detail. And he went to, I think it's John, forgot his last name, but it's called Spark. It's a, it's a book on exercise. It's a book, not necessarily on exercise, but he talks about it a lot. And he talks about BDNF and ways and benefits of that. Um, and so that's one of the things. And then also there's been a lot of studies on exercise and its ability with memory and consolidating information, you know, as entrepreneurs we're, we're inoculated a lot of times with a bunch of information, we have to synth- synthesize a bunch of information, a bunch of data. And exercising is helping with that. I forgot the name of the study. I think it's in plus one journal. So don't quote me on what year and everything a lot of those go through my head, but I just remember reading that a long time ago when I was writing an article about this. And yes, there we go. John Ritter. here we go. Thank you. Very good. And and so let's see. So let's see. Exercising and I'm sorry, what was the other part about that? The focus in the environment, right? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so the break. Uh, excuse me it's the water
1: i find that i get my best ideas when i'm doing something that's physical but it's kind of boring but it, it it distracts you enough so that you're not focused and you can just kind of let your mind noodle on stuff and then it comes out so for me, it's things like mowing the lawn or shoveling snow, or you know, just something that's kind of mundane, and you know, kind, it doesn't take a lot of brain power to do.
2: It's kind of the thing of like when you wash the dishes, or when you're taking when you're taking a shower, or taking a bath, is that, <laughs> and you have these ideas. Some people have an idea pad around that around them during then, because, like you said, you're doing something very mundane. And so you don't have to put a lot of brain power into it. So you allow your, your, your mind to work and to think on these other bigger ideas that are, that is, that you um, are thinking about.
0: For me, I get so many as I'm sleeping. My -hmm. dreams are just honed in on whatever it is that I'm looking at. And I've had some absolutely wackadoodle ideas, um, I mean, even for one of my books uh, that I'm currently in the middle of writing a novel, I've had ideas come to me in my dreams that have sent me down paths that if you're writing from your pure conscious mind, it wouldn't even make sense. But then your (laughs) subconscious mind really can give you that twist that the reader is not going to see because it is that wackadoodle um, in terms of where you are. And so I've had business ideas come to me that way also, because your brain is just in that zone, um, when you're there. And so that's, you know, for me, it's important to have that kind of environment also where my brain can just freely think, uh, cause like you said, if you're sitting in front of the screen all day, it's not gonna make sense. I mean, one of the things I was on a community, uh, peer group recently, and there was a question, how is AI being used in your business or in marketing? And will it replace uh, content writers? And I basically said that I don't think it's gonna replace content writers. I think what it will do is it'll give us uh, kicking off points where we can at least see something instead of staring at a blank screen. Because we know that blank screen is so terrifying.
2: Mm-hmm. I can, I can attest to that. Um, it's just really enhances you. It's, I, I've i tried out a couple of the AI tools and everything, and it's, it's a great assistant, you know, and in terms of the ideas, in terms of research. And I try, I tried it. I, I um, put in a couple outlines to, to see how that would look. And it's exactly kind of how I would think about it, but instead of wasting, well, not wasting, but instead of taking maybe 30 to 40 minutes to come up with this outline, it already had the outline for me in five minutes, maybe less than that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so now I can go in and, and fine tune it and I'm already off working. So if you're thinking about it, you're getting a lot of time back. AI is helping you get a lot of time back. So whereas something, maybe a project takes you two hours, it's probably going to take you maybe an hour, hour and a 15 maybe. And, and I talk about this in health a lot of times too, um, that everyone has a bunch of data now with, with different devices and everything, but she's, but AI and everything cannot handle nuance. And that's the, and that's the same thing with the content creators in the world and whatever industry that you're in worried about AI. So the human cannot totally be replaced because there's, we have nuance, we see things nuance. And so I, I have to, I've had this a lot lately about AI just taking people's jobs. And um, it's it's been a really interesting last few weeks with that. It's been on, I could tell it's becoming more and more mainstream just because um, I, I hear it a lot more and having conversations on it. But not to get too much on a side tangent
0: on that. <laughs> <clears throat> so Julian, let me ask you, we covered a lot on the program today. Mm-hmm. If we were to wrap up our focus and... I guess pun intended on where we are, what we need to be paying attention to. Mm -hmm. What would be the top three things that you would tell our listeners that they should start focusing more on to help them be more aware, more mindful, more present, more um, in the moment kind of is redundant, but be really... uh, more attentive to their overall health and well-being.
2: Yeah, really focus, adhere to the power of one and just stick with one thing that you're doing at a time. A lot of of us think we're great multitaskers and I think it's maybe what, two, 3%. It's a very low percentage of us who are actually actual productive multitaskers. So just one thing. So when you sit down to do whatever task you're doing, whether it's admin work with emails, going back to emails, set yourself a timer and just do this thing here for however long it takes. And if you're going to write, set a timer for that. I have to do that. I, I, have a, um, I do a couple of writing sessions and I have a timer for that and that's all I do. So even if i just just sitting there with nothing, that's all I'm allowed to do. Nothing else. I have to just sit there and stay, stay with that task. So that's teaching me discipline. And a lot of times our focus is just not being as disciplined anymore. It's our brains being so shot because we're getting so much stimuli coming with us from all angles. So we have to, we have to essentially fight back. So that's the very first thing that I would do. Number two is I would review your schedule. And kind of like we talked about, if you're having trouble having all your days just bleed into each other and you just seemingly have no time for a lot of things really review your schedule and start putting in times that you're going to get in some of your activity, whatever type of activity that is and stick to that and have your calendar indicate that as well. So you're not available. So you're not tempted to sit for someone to say, well, you know, so make it a non-negotiable, make your health a non-negotiable. And number three is don't overlook sleep. and uh, I say that because our brains is a very interesting thing that we can go five, four, five hours of sleep for weeks, and we can feel like we're doing fine, but we're existing, we'll exist, but we're not necessarily thriving. And kind of like you mentioned, you're having these dreams a lot of times and getting these ideas. That's a clear cut indication that you're getting quality sleep. You're getting through all those phases of sleep that's a clear-cut sign right there is because you're getting these such vivid dreams. That's one of the things that a lot of people don't get is, is dreaming a lot. And it's because they're not getting quality sleep and not going through all the stages of sleep right there. So I, I would stick with those things because I think everybody knows that by now that, oh, you should eat healthier and everything. Yes, we, we know that. But things like focusing on just one thing, one task at a time, reviewing our schedule and um and focusing more on sleep.
1: Thank you. So, Patricia, final thoughts, please. <laughs> I know it's an extremely hard question. <clears throat> well, I, I go, I go back to my my um, executive friend. And she had on her calendar. Eat. <laughs> because she'd get so busy, she'd, she'd forget to eat, wouldn't have time to. And so I've done something similar. Um, I take a whole hour <coughs> out for my exercise and lunch. And I mean, there's days I work through it, but it's there anyway. So I really can't say it any better than Julian did. You know, is you have to, you have to plan. excuse me you have to plan for the success of of your plan (laughs) Um, make sure you have it you know on your calendar and things blocked out and
2: yeah i would say it's it's when you mention planning i i oftentimes encourage people to think of themselves as athletes you know, whether you want to call yourself a corporate athlete, an executive athlete, an entrepreneurial athlete, but think about yourself as an athlete. So mm-hmm. you're not necessarily like when you're exercising everything, you're not just exercising for your for your own body, even for your own mind. You're exercising to prepare yourself for the rigors of entrepreneurship, for the for the rigors of continuing to grow. It's a very demanding, you know, business and it's it's a 24-7 sport. It's not you you don't really have an off-season. it's 24-7. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's exciting, but it's, so you're an athlete, whether you realize it or not. You, and so think about yourself like that. And also, a lot of people have families and people, so you're preparing yourself to take care of them as well and, and to be there for them. So it's a, it's a lot of times, if you find it difficult to get yourself motivated to do something, maybe think about everybody else who's going to benefit from you doing that. And a lot of times, as humans, we will t- we will do things for other people that we wouldn't even do for ourselves. I had to get to my mom about this. That she, you know she's so giving, but she needs to reciprocate that on her own self as well. And so I keep her, you know, telling her, "Hey, take care of yourself. Take some time for yourself, and then you'll be able to even give more to people." Yeah. yeah. Or in, a, in or in the business world, you'll be better to be you'll be a better <laughs> business person, a better marketer, leader, whatever your your craft and vocation is.
0: I think a lot of us can certainly relate to what your mom is doing. I know, um, certainly on my side, probably Patricia on your side as well. Um, we give a lot more and sometimes we need to take that minute just to remember, we need to be doing self-care also. Um, I have a really good friend. She keeps asking me, she's like, And what did you do today for your (laughs) self-care? Because she knows that I probably didn't do a whole lot, if any. And so it does come down to paying attention to that. So, Julian, as we wrap up our conversation, our listeners who have been uh, listening and watching this conversation today um, may want to connect with you, reach out to you. How can they find out more about you?
2: Yeah, you can just go to executivehealth.io and you, you'll have all the information there. Or, you know, while you're listening to this great podcast, you can go ahead and check out mine. It's called Executive Health and Life.
0: Thank you so much, Julian, for uh, being our guest. And definitely check out um, the link. We'll have that in the uh, description. And check out Julian's podcast as well uh, to get more of a flavor of who Julian is, what he does and how he can help you in your life. And remember, it really is, what is it that you're going to be doing now as you uh, have listened to this episode? Are you going to continue going down the same path and allowing your schedule to dictate your life? Are you going to be more rigid about your schedule, about what it is you're doing, about how you are paying attention to your health, to the present and where you're going and what it is you're trying to do. If you can be paying more attention to that, you're probably going to be having a lot more uh, benefit overall in terms of where you are. On that note, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters. And until next time, here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day.
1: It's the bottom line that
2: matters.